بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى وعلى اله وصحابته اجمعين غفر الله لنا ولشيخنا وللحاضرين والمستمعين يقول الامام المجدد الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رساله اداب المشي الى الصلاه اثناء ذكره بعض الاحكام تتعلق بقراءه القران فقال رحمه الله تعالى ولا تقره في الطريق ولا مع حدث اصغر وتقره في المواضع القذره ويستحب الاجتماع لها والاستماع للقاري ولا يتحدث عند عندها بما لا فائده فيه وكره احمد السرعه في القراءه وكره قراءة الألحان وهو الذي يشبه الغنى ولا يقرأ الترجيع ولا يقرأ الترجيع ومن قال في قرآن برأيه وبما لا يعلم فليتبوى مقعده من النار وأقطع ولو أصاب ولا يجوز للمحدث مس المصحف وله حمله بإلاقة أو في خرج فيه متاع وفي كم وله تصفحه بعود ونحو وله مسح تفسير وكتب فيها قران ويجوز للمحدث كتابته من غير مس واخذ العجره على نسخه ويجوز كسبه ويجوز كسبه الحرير ولا يجوز استدباره او مد رجلي اليه ونحو ذلك مما فيه ترك تعظيم ويقره تحليته بذهب او فضه وكتابه الاعشار واسماء الصور وعدد الايات وغير ذلك مما لم يكن على احد الصحابه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين تبلغ الرساله وعد الامامه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضي الله عن صحابة محمد أجمعين أولئك القوم الذين آمنوا به وهاجروا معه وإليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده وحملوا راية الإسلام فاللهم ارضى عنهم وأرضهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في ذلك المحسنين المتابعة لهم يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يقول شيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه عن القراءه قراءه القران ولا تقرأ في الطريق يعني لا يكره الانسان وهو يسير ان يقرا القران وهو ماشي ان كان يحب ان يسمعه من معه رفع صوته به بحيث يسمعه واذا لم يكن احد يستمع له فليقرا قراءه يسمع صوتها هو ولا يشوش على الاخرين ولا شك ان قراءه القران اولى ما يكون ان تكون مع طهاره ان يكون التالي للقران يتلوه وهو قد تطهر تطهره للصلاه وإذا لم يواته ذلك أن يتيسر له بصفة دائمة يضطره حدث عن فعل ذلك وهو في طريق فلا حرج أن يقرأ القرآن من حفظه ولو كان ليس على وضوء إلا أن كونه على وضوء هو الأفضل بل تحصيل العلم الشرعي من حديث وفقه تعلم عقيده 
كلما كان الإنسان وهو في تعلمه على طهارة كاملة للصلاة فلذلك أولى قال ولا يكره أن يقرأ ما حدث أصغر وهو الحدث الذي يبطل فيه الوضوء يعني وليس بجنابة ويتكره القراءة في المواضع الخضرة النجسة لأن القرآن هو أشرف كلام في الوجود فينبغي أن يحترم ويكون التلفظ به في الأماكن السليمة من القذرات والنجاسات قال وتكره في المواضع القذرة لكن لو فعل ما يقال ارتكب أمرا محرما وإنما كان عمل عملا يكره القيام بمثله في تلك المواقع قال ويستحب الاجتماع لها يعني الاجتماع لاستماع قراءة القارئ وإذا كان الإنسان يقرأ والناعر الناس مستمعون له ينبغي أيضا أن يحسب حسابهم يعني يحسن الوقوف عند مواقع الوقوف الله يسرد القرآن سردا كأنما يهذ قصيدة من الشعر قال ويستحب الاجتماع لها والاستماع للقارئ يجتمعون يتوافدون للاجتماع لاستماع القراءة وإذا بدأ القارئ يقرأ ينبغي أن يحسنوا الاستماع وفي هذه الحال إذا مر القارئ بآية عذاب يستعيد الواحد لله من العذاب إن مر بآية تدل على الرحمة سأل ربه رحمة وعفوة إن مر بآية فيها تعظيم لله وثناء عليه سبح الله وعظمه كالحال لو وهو خلف القارئ في الصلاة قال والاستماع للقارئ ولا يتحدث عندها بما لا فائدة فيه إذا كان القارئ يقرأ ولو لم تكن مستمعا للقراءة كف لسانك عن الخوض فيما لا يليق لأن المقام مقام استماع بما يتلى من كلام الله جل وعلا قال الله يتحدث عندها عند القراءة بما لا فائدة فيه كنزاع لا حاجة إليه إما أن يكون مستمعا في حال صمت وإما أن لا يبقى في المجلس وهو يخاطع القراءة بالخوض فيما لا فائدة فيه قال وكره الإمام أحمد بن حنبل السرعة في القراءة ينبغي للقارئ وهو يقرأ القرآن أن يقرأه بقراءة يفهم فهو يقرأه ما يقول مما مثله يفهمه وذلك بأن يقف عند المواقف التي كتبت المصاحف وكتبت فيها مواقف يعني عند تمام الآية يعطي شيئا من النفس لا يقول أنا نفسي أستطيع أقرأ الصفحة كاملة ثم يسرع فيها وينزج ينبغي أن تكون له وقفات قال وكره الإمام أحمد كره قراءة الألحان يعني كأنما يتغنى بشعر لأن الشأن في قراءة القرآن أن يجتمع فيه 
الادب حال القراءه والخشوع حال القراءه لانه يقرا اعظم كلام واجله وهو كلام رب العالمين قال وكره الامام احمد قراءه الالحان وهو الذي يشبه الغناء ولا يكره الترجيع تقرا الايه ثم تعود تقراها ثانيه ومن قال في في قران برايه يعني ليس من اهل العلم يريد ان يفسر الايه وهو غير عالم ولا يعني تلقى تفسيرها من اهل العلم وانما يرى انه يفسر القران برايه هذا عمله سيء وعلى خطر دخول النار حتى لو اصاب ما دام انه لا يعرف هل هو اصاب ولا القران ينبغي ان يعظم ويجل عن ان يتحدث الانسان عن مقاصده وهو لا يدري قال وقد واخطا ولو اصاب ثم يقول ولا يجوز للمحدث يعني الذي الذي ليس على طهاره مس المصحف يعني تقليب اوراقه وله حمله بكيس او معلاقه المصحف او كان المصحف موضوعا في وعاء يمسك هذا الوعاء سواء كانت الوعاء حرقه او مما نسج من صوف او من خوص ولو كان على غير طهاره واذا اراد ان يقرا ولا يلمس المصحف فلا يلمس المصحف اذا اراد ان يقرا من المصحف فلا يلمسه في تقليب الصفحات واذا احتاج الى ذلك يقلبها بشيء ما من مسواق او قلم قلم لا لا يخشى ان يلوث المصحف او عود وله مس بعود ونحوه قال وله مس تفسير التفسير العاده انه يكون تفسير القران مشتملا على ايات من القران لا يقال ما دام ان في ايات لا تمس لا يجوز مسه وتقريب الصفحات بيده ولو كان فيها ايات في هذه الصفحات وكتب القران فيها ويجوز للمحدث كتابه يعني المحدث معه قلم يريد ان يكتب بلوح يجوز له ان يكتب الايات لكن اذا كان يكتبها بورق فان من شان ذلك ان يمسك الورق وهو ممنوع ان يمسك الورقه التي فيها القران الكريم فلا وله يعني للمحدث ان ياخذ الاجره على نسخ اما ان ينسح القران بقلم الورقه لكن لا يمسها او ينسخه بلوح ولا باس ان ياخذ اجره على ذلك قال ويجوز كسبه يعني كسب المصحف يظل له وعاء من حرير او غيره ولا يجوز استدباره يعني لا يتقصد ان يكون المصحف خلفه عن قصد واما اذا وقف والخشبه اللي فيها المصحف او عليها المصحف وراءه فلا حرج في ذلك قال ولا يجوز استدباره او مد الرجل اليه يعني المصحف على شيء ثم يمد الواحد رجليه حتى يكون قدمه عند المصحف 
ينبغي ان يجل المصطب لو امامه انسان ما ذهب ان يواجهه بقدمه ونحو ذلك مما فيه ترك تعظيما قال ويكره تحليته بذهب او فضه او كتابه المواقف بالذهب الاعشاب او اسماء السور بالذهب او العدد عدد الايات ان تكتب بذهب وغير ذلك مما لم يكن على عهد الصحابه يعني هالشيء الاشياء التي تجنبها الصحابه رضي الله عنهم ولم يفعلوها لا نفعلها نكون في تصرفاتنا في كتابه المصحف على الطريقه التي كان الصحابه رضي الله عنهم يسيرون عليها هنا نكمل الاصل الثلاثه قال ويحرم ان يكتب القران او شيء فيه ذكر الله بغير طاهر يمكن واحد يكون عنده دوات قلم موضوع فيها مداد النجس لا لا تكتب الايات القرانيه بمداد النجس فإن كتب به أو عليه وجب غسله حتى لا يكون القرآن مبتذلا مخلوطا بأشياء نجسة قال وإن بلي المصحف انتهينا من الكتابة قال وإن بلي المصحف أو اندرس يعني صار متمزق دفن لأن عثمان رضي الله عنه دفن المصاحف بين القبر والمنبر ولكن ما كانت كثيرة لكن لو أحرقه إحراق جاز ذلك لأن الصحابة رضي الله عنهم أحرقوا الأوراق التي كتبوا منها المصحف حتى ما يبقى له أثر لأن الدفن عرضة لأن يحرق مرة ثانية أو تسلط عليها مجاري مائية غير طاهرة أما إذا أح أحرق إحراقا فصار رمادا فلا حرج فيه فنسأل الله أن يوفقنا جميعا لتعظيم القرآن الكريم وتأمله وفهمه والعمل به في أوامره والانتهاء عن نواهيه وأن يوفق المسلمين للرجوع إليه في أحكامهم وجميع أمورهم إنه سبحانه وتعالى مجيب الدعاء وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعليه وصحبه وسلم. الشيخ حفيظ الله تعالى بغداد by mentioning the name of Allah we praise him and we seek his assistance and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of our deeds. We bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone and he has no partners. We bear witness that Muhammad is his slave and messenger. Allah sent him as a mercy to mankind. He gave the message and he fulfilled the trust and he was sincere for the Ummah and he fought in the way of Allah. And may Allah be pleased with the companions, all of the companions, those who believed in the Prophet and they migrated to him, they migrated with him and they fought with him and they fought after him until the message was spread. May Allah be pleased with them and make us from amongst those who are sincere in our love for them and sincere in our uh, adherence to their way. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab he mentioned about the recitation of the Qur'an that it is not disliked that a person recites the Qur'an while they are walking in the street. It is not disliked. Even if someone is walking and he has others with him in his company and he wants those individuals to hear the Qur'an then it is uh, okay that the individual raises his voice so that others can hear him but if those individuals are around him and they're not listening then it is better that the individual does not uh, harm them or disturb them with his recitation of the Qur'an so he lowers his voice the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, what is better 
more preferred is that when an individual is reciting the Qur'an, that he is in a state of purification. That he is in a state of purification just as uh, the evolution for the prayer. But if this is not easy for the individual, and he's walking in the street and he wishes to recite the Qur'an, then there's no problem that he recites from his memorization without being in a state of purification. But what's better is that he's in a state of purification similar to uh, the time that he prays. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, and this is regards, this is even with regards to seeking knowledge. Even the affair of seeking knowledge, it is preferred that when an individual is reading hadiths, narrations of the Prophet or he is studying fiqh, or he is studying aqidah, it is preferred that the individual, the student, is in a state of purification. So, uh, whatever an individual is learning from the religion, what is better and more preferred is that the individual is in a state of purification. Then the author Taala mentioned, and it is not dislike that a person recites the Qur'an, uh, even if he is not in ablution, uh, or the minor defilement. So if an individual, uh, uh, for example, has passed gas, or urinated or defecated, um, it is not dislike that they recite the Qur'an. It is not dislike that they recite the Qur'an, as long as the person is not in the major form, which is such as janabah. Uh, such you know uh, intercourse and the likes so as long as a person is not in the major uh, form of, of uh, hadith then it is not a problem there's no problem that he recites the Quran then the author Taala, mentioned and it is disliked that the individual it is disliked that the individual recites the Quran in a place which is dirty place that has some type of uh, you know such as defecation or the likes, it is disliked that the person recite the Qur'an in this location. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, what, uh, it is befitting that we have ihtiram and reverence for the Qur'an. And we have respect for the Qur'an. And part of that respect is that we do not recite the Qur'an in places which are dirty. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, if a person did so, he has not performed an action which is forbidden. But it is highly disliked. But it is highly disliked. Then the author Taala mentioned, and it is preferred, and it is recommended that people gather for the recitation of the Quran. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Taala. So um, it is recommended that people gather for the recitation of the Quran, and there are people around listening to the Quran. And he said, and if there are people around an individual who is reciting the Quran then he should take notice of this and he should make sure that he stops at the places where he should stop and he should not race like someone who is reciting poetry and then the author mentions and the one who is in his presence they should listen so if a person is in the presence of someone who is reciting the Quran then it is befitting that he listens and likewise if the reciter of the Qur'an uh, approaches a verse that speaks about the punishment of Allah or the hellfire, then the person should seek refuge in Allah from the punishment of the hellfire. And if the reciter of the Qur'an approaches a verse speaking about the mercy of Allah, the person should ask Allah for his mercy. And if the reciter comes across a verse uh, mentioning the reverence of Allah, the person should glorify Allah. The person listening to the Qur'an should glorify Allah. And this is all done just like if you're praying behind the Imam. If you're praying behind the Imam, and the Imam approaches or recites verses speaking about punishment, the person should seek refuge in Allah from the punishment. If he speaks, mentions verses pertaining to the mercy of Allah, he asks Allah from his mercy. So just like if you're praying behind the Imam and congregation, if you are in the company of someone reciting the Qur'an, you should do the same. Then the author Taala mentions, and you should not recite Afwan, you should not speak, if you're in the company of someone who is reciting the Qur'an, you should not speak with that which has no benefit. 
the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, so, um, for example, if someone is reciting the Qur'an, and you're not necessarily there to listen. If you're in the company of someone who's reciting the Qur'an, but you're not necessarily listening to the person, even in that case, you should still not speak with that which has no benefits. Why? Because the speech of Allah is being recited. The speech of Allah is being recited, so you should have respect and reverence for this speech. And he said, for example, joking. It should not take place that a person jokes in the presence of someone who is reciting the Qur'an. But that which is befitting is either you sit and you listen attentively to the Qur'an, or you remove yourself from that gathering. You should leave the gathering and you should not remain in that gathering if you're going to speak with that which does not have any benefit. Then the author mentioned and Ahmed, yani Imam Ahmed bin Hamdul, he disliked that a person recites the Quran quickly. So the Shaykh said, Habib Allah, when someone recites the Quran, they should recite it in the manner of someone who wants to understand it. So, if you recite it for the purpose of understanding, then you should stop at each at the end of each verse. You should stop at the end of each verse. And a person, the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, a person shouldn't say that I have, uh, I'm, you know, long-winded, so I can, you know, uh, I can recite many verses, that shouldn't be said. But the that which is befitting is that the individual recites at the end of each verse, and that he recites for the purpose of understanding and reflection. Then the author Allah said, and uh, Imam Ahmed also disliked that a person recites the Qur'an similar to one who is singing, similar to an individual who is singing, or he's saying lines of poetry. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah this is the book of Allah, so you should have etiquettes, and you should have humbleness when you are reciting the book of Allah. And you should understand that this is the greatest of speech, and this is the speech of the Lord of the worlds. So an individual should display this etiquettes, proper etiquettes and manners when he recites the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, and it is not disliked that you repeat a verse more than once. So if you uh, recite the Quran and you uh, want to repeat a, a verse particular verse more than once, it is not disliked that you do so. Then the author Rahimahullah mentioned, um, and whoever speaks about the Qur'an from his own opinion, then let him uh, prepare for his place in the hellfire. Let him prepare for his place in the hellfire. The Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that this is a person who speaks and explains the Qur'an from himself from his own opinion and understanding. He does not take from the speech of the scholars, nor does he take from the established knowledge, but he takes it from himself. Uh, and this action is a despicable, evil action, and it is very dangerous. And because of it, the individual can possibly enter into the hellfire, even if his explanation is correct. Even if his explanation is correct, the, the mere fact that he has spoken or explained the Qur'an and he hasn't taken from the, the, the books of tafsir, nor has he taken from the scholars, then this individual, even if his explanation is correct by chance, it was correct, then he is still uh, in grave danger. He's still in grave danger. So it is not permissible for a person to explain the Qur'an uh, with his own explanation or understanding. Then the author Rahimahullah mentions, and it is not permissible for the individual who is in minor form of uh, impurity, it is not permissible for him to touch the Qur'an. It is not permissible for him to touch the Qur'an, nor turn the pages if he is in minor, in a state of minor impurity. Um, but it is permissible for him to carry it. Um, for example, if it's in a bag, or if it's wrapped in something, it is permissible for him to carry it. If it's in his sleeve, it's permissible for him to hold it in his sleeve. Uh, and he can turn the pages with a, the Shaykh said, Habib al he can turn the pages with an object. For example, he turns it with a pen, 
or uh, he doesn't directly touch the pages of the Quran, then this is permissible for him to do. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, even with a miswak, he can turn the pages, or with a pen, he can turn the pages, but he should not directly touch the pages if he is in a state of minor impurity. And then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, mentions about uh, the books of tafsir. It is permissible for a person to turn the pages of the books of tafsir. And these are books, the Shaykh Habibullah Ta'ala explained, these are books that uh, they have the tafsir or the explanation of the Qur'an, and they may even have verses of the Qur'an. They may even contain verses of the Qur'an. It is permissible for you to turn these pages because it is not the Qur'an, but it is uh, pages that have some verses of the Qur'an. Then the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, or the Afwan, the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, mentioned, uh, it is likewise... Uh, permissible for the person who is in a state of minor impurity for him to recite the Quran, Afwan, for him to write the Quran, but he should not touch the pages. So, example, or for example, he's writing the Quran with a pen, but he should not touch the pages. And it is permissible for him to take a fee for writing the Quran. So, he's copying the Quran on pages, it's permissible for him to take a fee. And it is permissible to, to wrap the Qur'an in, uh, in silk. It's permissible to wrap the Qur'an. If you want to put it in a silk bag or to wrap it in silk cloth, it's permissible to do so. It is not permissible to place the Qur'an behind your back. And the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, this is if you do it purposely. So a, pur a person should not purposely uh, place the Qur'an behind his back because this is a form of disrespect for the Qur'an. And, but for example, the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, but for example, if you're standing in the row, if you're standing in a row, or you're standing in front of a shelf, and the Qur'an is on that shelf, but you're not intending to purposely disrespect the Qur'an, then it's permissible for you to do so. Then the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, mentioned, and it is not permissible to... Uh, direct your foot in the direction of the Qur'an. So the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, so if the Qur'an is on a shelf, a, purpose, a per person shouldn't purposely uh, place their foot directly in the direction of, of the Qur'an. And he said, and likewise when, you know, the same respect that you show to people, you wouldn't point your foot uh, toward an individual, the same way you shouldn't point your foot toward the direction of the Book of Allah Azza Then the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, mentions, um, that a person should not write the Qur'an, the ink which is used should not be gold uh, nor silver, because this was not done by the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. So the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, the way we, uh, nor should they write the names of the surahs, the names of the chapters in gold, nor the verses in gold, or anything similar to this, because this was not the way of the companion. So the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, the way we deal with the Qur'an is not different from the way of the Sahaba. They did not write it in gold, they did not write the verses in gold, so we should not write them in gold. Then the author, Rahimullah Ta'ala, Afwan, then the Shaykh Habibullah Ta'ala said, we're going to continue the bottom of the page, and that was that it is not permissible to write the Qur'an with anything or anything, Afwan, it is not permissible to write the Qur'an, verses of the Qur'an, nor anything which uh, has, which contains the remembrance of Allah with anything which is not pure. So, for example, in ink or pages, if it has some uh, type of impurity, you should not use ink which is impure, nor the pages uh, that are impure. You should not do so. And likewise, um, if the Qur'an if the pages of the Qur'an, or the Qur'an itself becomes wet, if the Qur'an itself or the pages become become wet, or uh, they become some way uh, polluted, destroyed, then you should, uh, you, should bury the, you should bury those pages or the Qur'an itself. And the shaykhs said Habibullah Ta'ala, because, or the author Rahimullah Ta'ala mentioned, because this was done by Uthman. Uthman radiallahu ta'an, when he wanted to get rid of the other after uh, gathering uh, one Qur'an, when he wanted to get rid of the others, he buried them. And the Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, so it's permissible for you to bury it, or you, it is also permissible for you to burn it. 
And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, because this was also done by the Sahaba. The Sahaba, they also burned the Qur'an when they wanted to get rid of the extra pages. Uh, after it was gathered into one book. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, burning it is actually better than uh, burying it. Because it's possible if you bury it, that um, water, uh, there's rain and water comes, and that water may be impure or impure, so it pollutes it. So what's better is that it's burned so that there's no traces of it. There's no traces and there's no chance of it being uh, touched by unpure water or anything which is impure. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, we ask Allah Azawajal to make us from amongst those who understand the Qur'an and to make us from those from amongst those who act by way of the Qur'an and that we fulfill the orders which are present in the Qur'an and we abstain from that which is forbidden in the Qur'an and we ask Allah Azawajal to give the Muslims success to refer back to the Qur'an in all uh, affairs in our lives. يقول يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل الكراء الكراحة التي ذكرها الشيخ محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى مثلا كراه كراهة كراءة القرآن في المواضع القذرة ونحو ذلك هل هذه كراهة تنزيهية أو تحريمية؟ لا شك أنه إذا كان في مكان نجاسات نجس كالذي يكون في قضاء الحاجه او بينما اماكن التي تقضى الحاجه الهول والنحو هنا لا يقرا القران فيه وقرب الى التحريم لان افضل الاماكن لقراءه القران ان يكون الانسان في وضع لا يأتيه ما يضاعفه ما تكرهه طباع أهل الفطرة السليمة وبإمكانه أن يستغل الوقت إذا كان في مكان غير طاهر بأن يستغفر يستغفر الله من هذا الذنب الذي وقع فيه من حيث the individual is asking um, the, the dislike which was mentioned by Sheikh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullah ta'ala is it a uh, dislike for uh, for respect or is it that for is it the type of dislike which is considered uh, impermissible and the Sheikh mentioned Habibullah ta'ala there's no doubt if the place has impurities for example uh, when a person is uh, relieving themselves or you're in between places which uh, have urine urine and the likes then a person should not re recite the quran in these places and it is closer to that which is forbidden because the best places to recite the quran is a place where uh, places which are not disliked by people where people that have um, their their sound intellect they would never do something in this particular place. And likewise, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if a person did so, for example, unintentionally, then a person should say, seek refuge in Allah. The person should seek forgiveness from Allah Azawajal because of this sin. The Quran Habib Allah Ta'ala, هل يجوز للمسلم أن يقرأ القرآن إذا كان في حدث أكبر يعني يقرأ القرآن من حفظه القرآن لا يقرأ من كان على جنازة هذا هو العدد الأكبر بالنسبة للناس الحدث الذي ليس أكبر كانتقاض الطهارة في بول أو غائب ونحو ذلك مما ينقض الوضوء والحدث الأكبر هو الموجب الاغتسال 
ما دام انه في وضع يحتاج الى ان يغتسل ينزه القران ان يكون المتردد على لسانه If a Muslim is in a major, in a state of major impurity, is it permissible for him to recite the Quran from his memorization? The Sheikh said, "Habibullah, a person who is in major impurity should not recite the Quran. For example, if someone has has uh, sexual intercourse, because there's two types of impurities: that's that which is minor, such as the person urinated or defecated, that's minor impurity, and the major, such as a person who needs to perform ghusl." Uh, so a person should respect the Qur'an and not recite it in such a state. يقول السؤال حبيثكم الله تعالى هل يجوز لمن يتعلم القرآن كتابة خط تحت آية أو يرسم دائرة حوله حول بعض مفردات القرآن لأجل التعليم أو التنبيه على الأخطاء لا يجوز ادخال شيء في نفس ما يكتب انه قران واما يكون في اسفل الورقه خط فاصل بما كان اعلاها وما كان اسفلها فيكتب بعض الاعاني فيما تحت الخط اسفل واما نجعلها يذكر الايه ويذكر معناه هو انما يكتب القران واما التفسير فالكتاب فالكتاب ما يقال هذا مصحف هذا تفسير للمصحف الصالح الانديفيدوز اسكينج اتس بيرميسبل فور بيرسون هوز ليرنينج ذا قران تو رايت ا لاين ان ذا قران اتسلف اندر ا فيرس اور تو سيركل سيرتن ووردز اف هي وونتس تو ليرن اور ريمبر اور ريمايند هيمسلف اوف ذا ميستيك Sheikh said, Habibullah, it's not permissible to recite and to, to write in the Quran itself. It's not permissible to write in the Quran where the verses are themselves. But um, below the, 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 the verses, at the bottom of the page, where there's a line that separates and distinguishes between the Quran and the, the bottom of the page, then it's permissible to write a line or to write some words. Um, but you should not write it in the place of the Quran itself. Uh, the place of the verses itself, the part of the page where the verses are. As for the books of tafsir, then it's permissible to write because this is not considered the Qur'an. يقول السؤال حبيبكم الله تعالى هل وضع كتب التفسير في مكان عالي في المكتبة من هل هذا فعل من تعليم القرآن؟ إذا قصد ذلك وضع في المخلة مرتفع لأنها تشتمل على قرآن وتفسير القرآن فالأعمال بالنيات إذا قصد احترامها فهذا يثاب عليه أحسن الله The individual is asking is placing the books of tafsir at a on a high shelf in in a library is this considered for is this considered having reverence of the Qur'an. The Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, if the person intended that, the person intended to have reverence of the Qur'an, um, because verily these books of tafsir, they do have uh, the verses of the Qur'an. So, and verily, your actions are by your intentions. So if a person has the intent, then this is, uh, they, they would get rewarded for doing so. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل هناك قاري تنسهون باستماع الى قراءته لاجل تعليم القران؟ هل هناك قاري تنسح باستماع الى قراءته؟ لا احدد لكن انظر للقراء للاذاعه طريقه قراءتهم ولا يكون فيها تكلف في المد اكثر مما يلزم أو في إشباع الغنى أو الإخفاء أو الإخلاق ونحو ذلك وإنما يكون بالطريقة التي لا تشق على المستمع ولا على القارئ هذا أولا بأن يستمع. أحسن الله إليك. The individual is asking: Is there any reciter, Quranic reciter, that you would advise uh, to listening, that you would advise 
listening to his recitation in order to learn the Quran. The Shaykh said, I, I cannot specify, but I would say listen to those who are uh, present on the radio and listen to their manner of recitation. You should uh, listen to those who their recitation does not burden someone when they mention or when they recite. Uh, and the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Khalid, the different rulings of Tajweed. They, but when they recite, they do not uh, create a burden upon uh, the listener. These are more befitting to listen to. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى كيف يتدرج الطالب في كتب التفسير أو في قراءة كتب التفسير يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى كيف يتدرج طالب العلم في قراءة من كتب التفسير يبدأ بالقراءة كتب التفسير لتعتني بإيضاح معنى الآية دون إخروج بها إلى الاستدلالات ومن أفضل الكتب التي تعتني بهذا السؤال تفسير الشيخ عبد الرحمن بن ناصر السعدي فإنه يهتم بمعاني المعاني اللغوية في الآية التي لا يفهمها الإنسان إلا بقراءة شيء حولها ثم إنه كتاب يضع خالي من المخالفات فيما يتعلق بالأسماء والصفات وقدرة الله جل وعلا أحسن عليك gradually uh, uh, read the books of Tafsir in levels, in gradual levels. The Shaykh mentioned he should uh, begin by reading the books of Tafsir which explain the meanings, the meanings of the verse without starting or before he starts with uh, the books of Tafsir that uh, deduct the, the rulings. So he should begin with the books that explain the meanings of the verses. And from the best books in that regard is uh, the book of tafsir written by Shaykh Abdurrahman bin Nasir Sa'adi rahimahullah ta'ala because he focuses on uh, presenting the meaning of the verses uh, especially for the verses that a person would need supporting uh, explanations to you know would need supporting information to explain those verses so Shaykh Abdurrahman Sa'adi rahimahullah ta'ala he explains the meanings of the verses and likewise, the book is free from uh, that which is in opposition to the correct aqidah as it relates to the names and the attributes of Allah as well as the, the, the might of Allah Azza wa Jal. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل يجوز أداء جمعتين في مشهد واحد حيث نلاحظ في بعض بلاد غير المسلمة أن المسلمين هناك يقررون صلاة الجمعة أكثر من مرة لأجل قلة عدد المساجد في بعض المناطق إذا احتاجوا إلى ذلك ضرورة ليجلس ومسجد واحد مثلا ولا يتسع للمسلمين ولا مجالا لأن يقتدوا بالإمام جاز أن يصلي واحد يحضر لهؤلاء ثم إذا أنهوا صلاتهم خرجوا وحضر الذين لم يحضروا إلى ذلك المكان وحضر معهم من يخطب لهم ويأمهم هذه الأمور ضرورية وضرورة لها أحكامها أحسن الله إليك The individual is asking Is it permissible to conduct two Friday prayers in one masjid 
uh, because we notice in some non-Muslim lands, the Muslims there, they uh, repeat the Juma prayer uh, because of uh, the, the lack of space in these areas. The Shaykh mentioned Allah Ta'ala, if there's a need to do so, because this is uh, a major, uh, there's a major need. Um, the Shaykh said, for example, if you only have one masjid in an area, and there's no other masjid, and that area, and that masjid is, is not, cannot accommodate uh, the amount of Muslims that would attend. And likewise, the Muslims that cannot fit into the masjid, there's no way for them to follow the prayer itself. There's no way for them to follow, even to follow the prayer. So it's permissible for one imam to come and to give a khutbah and for him to pray with the congregation and then they leave and another imam comes and he gives a khutbah and another congregation uh, completes the prayer. Shaykh said, Habib Allah because this is a major need and when there's a, a case of a major need then there, there's a different, there are different rulings. هل نقول حبيبكم الله تعالى هل نقول أن إحراق القرآن أفضل من دفنه؟ زنا مقصودة عن الحال بين احتمال ابتذال فإنه إذا دفن عرضة لأن تحرق هذه الأرض قبل أن تأكله الأرض أكثر حتى لا يبقى له أي أثر أما الإحراق فإنه لا شيء والصحابة لما جمعوا الأوراق أحرقوا معه وأما قول أنهم دفنوا في الغرفة القبر إلى آخره هذه لو كانت المسألة مصحفة ومصحفين أما أن تكون آلاف المصاحف متمزقة دفنها صح يعني ما تضمن لها السلام Is it said, or can we say that uh, burning the Qur'an is better than burying it? The Shaykh said, Habibullah Ta'ala, uh, this is because what is intended. What's intended is that you want to prevent the Qur'an from being uh, touched by that which is impure. And the Shaykh said, if you bury it, it's possible that something happens before um, the, the pages are eaten or the pages dissolve. It's possible that um, something happens and the Qur'an becomes, you know, touched by some sort of pollution or uh, that which is uh, impure. But if you burn it, there's no longer any chance of that because there's no traces of the Qur'an. And likewise, the Sahaba, it took place that the Sahaba, when they gathered the Qur'an, they, they burned it. And the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, with regards to burying it, if, they, if this was one Qur'an or a few pages, the burying, burying it is easy, but if you're talking about thousands of Qur'ans, then it's difficult to bury. It's difficult to bury, and this does not guarantee that something won't uh, harm it later on. يقول السال حبيبكم الله تعالى أنا رأيت رؤيا وفيها أمي أعطتني مصحفا هدية لأولادي فما تأويل هذه الرؤيا؟ هذا إن شاء الله أنها رؤيا طيبة لا شك أن القرآن أفضل سبيل للهداية فإذا كانت هذه الرؤيا صدقة الرؤيا يكون هذا توفيق من الله لك في ساعك لهداية أولادك Inshallah, it is a good dream. 
there's no doubt the best form of guidance is by way of the Quran. So the stream that you had, inshallah, it is uh, Allah uh, blessing you that uh, the Quran will be guidance for your children. يقول السلام حفظكم الله تعالى هل يجوز إعطاء حلويات للناس من أجل الولادة؟ هل يجوز إعطاء حلويات للناس من أجل الولادة؟ هذه أمور أمرها يسير إذا كان إعطاء الناس يتحادونها هدايا في مناسبات يفرحون بها فلا حرج أما إذا كان المقصود ولادة المولد تعظيم المولد اللي قال أنه مولد النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فهذه لا يصح يعني تعبد والتعبد لا يتم إلا بالشيء الذي شرعه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. Um, on the occasion of a newborn, the Sheikh Sahabi Balata, this affair is easy. This is something that the people are accustomed to, uh, giving out uh, presents or the likes um, when there's an occasion, then there's no problem in doing so. But if the purpose or the intent behind this is celebration of the birthday of the Prophet, then this is not permissible. Uh, because it is considered a form of worship, and worship is not uh, permissible except with that which the Prophet has legislated. يقول السائل حبيبكم الله تعالى هل يجوز افتتاح المؤتمرات في قراءة القرآن؟ إذا كان المؤتمر مؤتمر مؤتمر خير فلا حرج في ذلك. وإذا كان المؤتمر مؤتمر سوء وشر فالقرآن لا يخلط مع أعمال الشر. Individuals asking Assalamualaikum, is it permissible to open conferences with recitation of the Quran? The Sheikh mentioned Habib Baratala, if this conference is a conference of good, then there's no problem in this action, but if it is a conference of evil, then the Qur'an should not be mixed with actions uh, or evil actions. وينفعنا سبحانه وتعالى بالقرآن وتفهما وأكرر نصيحتي لكم فيما يتعلق بهذه الرسالة آداب المشي إلى الصلاة فإنه يحسن للواحد أن يراجعها أن يراجعها ما بين فترة وأخرى يتذكره ما قد يكون ذكر في السابق وتذكره لما قد يكون قد سهى عن القيام به في فتره مضت فاسال الله جل وعلا ان يصلحنا جميعا ويهدينا سوى السبيل وان يغفر لامواتنا وان يختم للحسنى لاحيائنا جميعا كما اساله ان يعز الاسلام والمسلمين وان يذل الكفر والكافرين والمنافقين وان يعاجل المظلومين من المسلمين بالفرج يعاجلهم في سوريا والشام يعاجلهم في كل مكان يظلمون فيه لأن يرفع الظلم عنهم وينصرهم بالحق والهدى كما أسأل جل وعلا أن يحفظ لمملكتنا هذه ما تعيشه من أمن وأن يوفق ولاة أمرها لصيانة العقيدة وحماية الأخلاق ومكافحة البدع وخمعها وأن يعاجل البلدان التي اعتدي عليها من أهلها أن يعاجلها 
بسلامة الأحوال واستقامة الأمور إنه جل وعلا مجيب الدعاء وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. Sheikh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned that we ask, we praise Allah for making it easy for us to come together. We ask Allah to make our actions sincerely for His face. We ask Allah to allow us to benefit from that which we hear and that which we say. And we ask Allah to allow us to benefit from the Quran and to understand the Quran. And I repeat, I reiterate my advice with regards to reading from this book. A person should recite, uh, should read this book and uh, refer back to it from time to time so that he can remember um, and remind himself of that which is incumbent upon him and likewise he can remember that which he has forgotten uh, and we ask Allah to guide us to the straight path we ask Allah to forgive the dead from amongst the Muslims and to give success to the living from amongst us to have a good ending and we ask Allah to give might to Islam and to debase the disbelievers uh, and disbelief and we ask Allah to give peace to those who are being oppressed in Syria and uh, all other places which individuals are being oppressed we ask Allah to raise that oppression and we ask Allah to assist them with the truth and with guidance and we ask Allah to preserve this land the kingdom of Saudi Arabia and to give the rulers the success to protect the correct aqidah and the correct character and to prevent uh, all types of innovation. We ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims who have been oppressed in different parts of the world. We ask Allah to give them success in correcting their affairs and their religion. Verily, Allah is the one to answer the call. And our last application is all praise be Allah to the Lord, to Allah, the Lord of the world, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad, his family members, and companions.